0: Progress.
1: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank all my listeners for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers Candice Sanderson, author of the Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, psychic and author of Who Do Cleansing Protection Magic, Binaural Production Engineer, Damien Keller, Author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and Monthly Co-host, Jared Murphy, Author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. If you are interested in contributing to this podcast, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com and you'll find a bunch of information there. Now, without further ado, our guest for today is David Krafchow, and he is a Kabbalist and tarot reader and he is live I think from a coffee shop in New York City
0: <laughs> uh, actually I'm in Los Angeles
1: Los Angeles you switched you switched coasts
0: yep yep I've been all around <laughs> this is where I was at. actually I was born here and I left when I was three, and I came back
1: when I was 73. Wow. So uh, I was just reading, like I said, said, mentioned earlier before the show, I was just reading one of your books about Kabbalah and t- the tarot. And uh, it's, it's absolutely a great book. With um, it, it's, it's just a great book. And um, so one of the stories, though, is, is your personal story. You sort of start out with that, some of that. Uh, of how you got into this. Could you share, you know, what happened and what led you down this path?
0: Well, uh, what happened actually goes back to 1969 in Vermont. And a friend of mine came out from California and he had discovered the tarot cards. And he did a reading and it really affected me. And then I went off and I started learning Torah. I went down to Brooklyn, New York and began my life in Toro. and 20 years later, I found myself back in uh, New York and uh, in a bookstore and I saw a book about tarot. and i had been spending 20 years studying Kabbalah. And so I picked up this book about tarot and it said everything, every other page had mentioned Kabbalah. <laughs> So I figured I could understand it. so I bought a pack of cards and I took them home. I spread them out on the floor and I could see the tree of life in the tarot. And I could see that tarot, when you read backwards, is tore up. Mm-hmm. So I did a reading for myself and I saw that it really was able to bring a message from the soul down to the person. And that's what started me reading tarot cards. I went down to I was living in New York City, and I went down to the Limelight, this very um, uh, uh, seedy club. It used to be a church, and, right? Used to be a church, and uh, known for all sorts of things. And I and I you know I met with Michael Allegi, who passed away recently, and uh, and I convinced him that bringing something spiritual into a really decadent environment would be an art form so he liked it and that's what i did so i started reading eventually i went up to woodstock new york and i read on the green there for seven years until i came back to california but i've, I've continued to uh, to study and uh, my main emphasis is in the zohar and that's really what the kabbalah is i'm not a kabbalist you know the kabbalist they know how to do things. I, I'm not really into that. I'm much more into understanding the truth, and the truth is locked in the Zohar, and no one's been able to open the Zohar for 700 years. And so, my new book coming out in, in a few weeks, in August 17th, called "Zohar Beyond the Black Hole," reveals the secret of the Zohar, and I, I'm just really excited about this book. It's kind of a, a a companion book with a book I wrote like six months earlier called Sex, a Metaphor to History Trump 777 in the Thousand Years of War. And so these two books, that one was written before the election, that one was written after the election. One redefines time and the other redefines space.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about those books?
0: Well, as I say, a, um, a, a Sex, a Metaphor to History. Uh, takes the line of time and reconstructs it into a spiral. And when you see time in a spiral, then you're really able to see where we are in the spiral, which is right at the epicenter, right at the place where everything is climaxing.
1: Oh. So, so you believe time is actually a thing?
0: Absolutely. It's hmm. not just a thing, but it's a spiral. It's not... The line is like the Big Bang theory. The Big Bang theory produces a line of time. But then neither are true. It it wasn't uh, something that came out of nothing. It was nothing that came out of something. And it it happened through a twist. God's desire twisting into this uh, 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 illumination, into this... static, a quiescent illumination, producing a spiral, which spiraled down and eventually became the black hole from which our uh, galaxy comes from, see, and we're here and everything and the, you know, the human being, you know, we spiral through our lives, we, we, uh, the DNA spirals, everything spirals, so obviously time spirals and once you see reality like that everything changes
1: it must how how did you come to this conclusion
0: well I mean I have been studying for 50 years now I started when I was 26 I'm now uh, almost 77 so uh, and uh, all I you know it's in the Torah see the secret of the Zohar it's embedded sort of in one sentence in the Zohar which says these words are meant for the end of days. See and people think of the end of days as like the end of creation or life or something like that. But that's not what it is, it's the end of the calendar. And it ends 220 years, 6,000 year calendar and then begins a thousand years of woman and of So This whole thing is based on the first six days of creation, that's how the Torah begins, is dealing with creation. And the Zohar has the secret of creation. And the beauty of, of why the Zohar is pertinent in our time, because we're all stuck in the Big Bang Theory, which is this very negative, nihilistic kind of idea which really takes the spirit out of the human being, you mm. know. Religion takes the soul, and science takes the spirit, and you know, and the human being just gets lost and easy to manipulate,
1: right. you
0: know. But when we know the truth, that actually we're spiraling down to this end of time period, this transition from male energy into female energy, and and that's why women are are being uh, placed. In, a, in high position by men. Men are really, because that's what we're supposed to do in this time, is men are supposed to hold women above themselves. And this will be, bring clarity, will bring a new agenda to the world instead of, you know, ejaculating out into outer space. We're going to take care of the earth and take care of the human beings and the animals. And that's what needs to be done. And we need women to really lead the way.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, that makes a lot of sense. So at the so so this is in a way what you're saying is we're we're coming to an end of of male domination and moving towards one where the women will start taking their place, you know in controlling things and you know and just like in 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 the, um, the Kabbalah you know like the The masculine force is sort of like this just hardcore energy just forcing everything down. And then the female energy is this sort of, um, you know, it lifts everything back up. It's it's the creative force. It takes that masculine energy and makes it into something creative and and actually of some substance.
0: One of the ways to see this very clearly is between the sun and the moon. The sun is that energy you just described, just forcing its way in, right? But the moon takes that energy and delivers it to the earth where we can actually look at it. Mm-hmm. And that's like the feminine. And we find this all through creation and all through life. And even like in the human uh, 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 interaction, like sexually, Like, man, if he's going to, uh, you know, have a good, like, sort of sexual thing with a woman, he has to hold the woman above himself. The woman becomes more important than the man, because the man has more pleasure from uh, satisfying a woman than he has from being satisfied by a woman, see? And that's, like, shifting the paradigm. That's what's happening, actually, in history, that men are realizing... We want to do what what will make women happy, and then the world will be a good place.
1: That that is true. Uh, that is so true. Like most yeah. of the pleasure of sex comes from actually making the woman happy, more so yeah. than just um, ejaculating for yeah, a split second and being like "woo," and then going to yeah, yeah, eating a slice of pizza.
0: Right. But the problem is we live in this Roman paradigm where they're very much about the opposite, like woman's secondary just there to please the man. Mm-hmm. See? And that's what we have to kind of break out of. So this kind of new knowledge helps people see what really life is and that will uh, break through kind of this entrusted Roman two thousand year monarchy, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, so, so in, in your book, you mentioned like politics and stuff too. Like, how yeah. does that fall into this? Does that fall into like the idea of like more women taking office or female presidents, um, things like that versus, um, you know, like, like seeing like some of the things that where you go in now or where, just, we have a lot of like old white guys just holding on to power with their, Fingernails just dug in.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing. And just this is an extraordinary thing that, you know, I told you, there's like, there's a 6,000 year calendar. Mm-hmm. And um, the year um, that Trump got elected, which is the same year that the uh, eclipse uh, went across the Bible Belt of America, was 5,777. Mm-hmm. And and when he was uh, inaugurated, he was seventy years, seven months, and seven days. And on March 11th, um, uh, when the pandemic was called a um, a pandemic, or was so famous, there were seven billion, seven hundred and seventy million people in the world, exactly. Oh. And the seven, seven, seven. See, like the seventh day of the week is the Shabbat is rest. So the 777 is a is sign of the angel of death. So this is a clear sign that male domination is ended. And that's how it is ending with these guys, like you say, you know, just clinging just to power for another minute because they know when it's over, it's over. They will never come back. And they have lost. Yeah. They have lost. They wanted they wanted male domination forever. And they've lost the war. They're finished. And everyone has to know that and then we have to start acting appropriately. Wow. 777.
1: I I, I, know, I know that most of your training comes from, you know, the Zohar, and Jewish mysticism. But Aleister Crowley also had a book called 777.
0: That's true. It's absolutely true, but he knew really, he knew just a really smattering of Kabbalah and he got, tried to put it together with, you know, Egyptian mysticism and, you know, tarot and, you know, he was searching. Yeah. But, you know, I, I prefer to go to the, uh, to the source and I spent 50 years like studying ancient Hebrew and Aramaic in order to be able to do this so i don't have to take anyone's word for anything or any translation that uh, I, i'm able to look at it and to uh uh to reference everything the way that i see fit which is the way one is supposed to actually learn the Torah. you know there, there's mm-hmm. no like you know a uh, guy who's the authority that has to pass his smell test it only has to not contradict and yeah. if it doesn't contradict the simple Torah, then it is, becomes part of the oral tradition.
1: Right. Absolutely. Um, there's also a lot of other, um, I mean, the number seven has all sorts of uh, meanings, you know, in, in our, especially this particular reality, because, you know, we have seven colors, seven musical notes. Um, Absolutely. In the beginning of astrology, to the seven, seven planets, um, seven yeah. continents—there's there's so many yes. variations of seven. It, it yes. can't be coincidence.
0: It's not. I'll show you. i tell you something else. It's like the human body basically is based in seven parts, right? Mm-hmm. And from the Earth into Pluto is considered like the body of. It's like an embryo, see, where the head, Venus, Mercury, and Mars, the two parts of the head, this is the tree of life, have not yet woken up. The so life is from the earth into Pluto. And this is written 2,000 years ago in the Zohar, see. They knew this stuff. <laughs> and, 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 um, and the Jewish people, we have 613 commandments. Today, mm-hmm. And they're divided up. Uh, 248 uh, positive commandments and 613 negative commandments. See? And, uh, the, and the negative commandments, he says, the 365 uh, correspond to the Earth. We go around the sun. Um, and Pluto goes around the sun 248 years. So you have that same combination. Absolutely. As above, so below. And the human body can be divided into 248 limbs and 355 connecting tissues. This is just so important for all of us to know that that we were created from God. You know, Mm -hmm. God is. We didn't come out of some big bang. None of this stuff could have just happened. No more than a perfect eclipse of the moon over the one planet that has life can happen. You know, this this was all uh, designed.
1: It's certainly not coincidence. They're definitely um, a certain combination, and I guess it's sort of the same thing, between um, the numbers and sacred geometry.
0: Yes. Absolutely. It's all part of the same design. And to get us to be able to, at this time when everyone is so lost in the Big Bang Theory, to actually disprove it and give an alternative... Uh, understanding of creation. So I feel that's what my book has done.
1: Hmm. Is there any possibility that um, the two theories could both be correct at the same time?
0: Well, the implicit in the Big Bang theory is that everything is an accident. Yeah, There is no design. Right. Right? And it means that, you know, that's why they think you know, the human being can't evolve over millions of years, which is really, you know, pretty ridiculous. You know, and, but when you see time as a spiral, you understand in the beginning, just like a child, a little baby in the first year of life goes through tremendous changes, the same way in the beginning of this 6,000-year history, that in the beginning many things have happened that in our time might take millions of years, But in that time, maybe took a day. That's the power of the spiral. Because
1: of the curving of the time. So So if it's spiraling and the curvature of time is smaller, then more things can happen during that period of time.
0: That's our time now. Everything's happening really fast. But because it's all predicated on the past, nothing can change a lot. Like everything happens really fast, but nothing's changing, and we're all going into this culmination, and that's what makes the change. Then into the thousand years of women. and we are part of that. And, and instead of being focused on that, we're focused on money. We're you know we're not focused on the earth. We're not focused on you know com- you know other human beings and because you know be, if everyone understood this i mean it's not a religion or anything it's just reality if people understood that reality we wouldn't let ourselves be manipulated like this mm-hmm. we would start understanding what's really meaningful in life and it's not running after the See, yeah, that's rome rome is competitive mm-hmm. so they want to make everything a competition they want to fight in everything whatever it is they want to make a fight because that's where their strongest competition and life is not a competition god loves all of us we're all equally created we all have a purpose here and a reason here you know every person's like a book and god's reading all the books you know as we live our lives we're writing our book and god's reading it
1: it kind of reminds me of a quote that i once heard from he's actually a horror author clive barker but in one of his um stories he wrote that every person's life is a leave on a story tree
0: leave on a what
1: the story tree
0: yes absolutely life is a story the whole thing is a story to god See? and god gave us it's like a writer gave god gave a certain framework to the story and it's just to, up to us how we live within that framework like no one can just you know destroy the human being you know because uh, uh, God needs it. That's the story. But life can be very hard for the human being, not because God did it, because we're doing it to ourselves.
1: Hmm. I think, how, how would the Zohar or the Tarot address um, the question that science would, would always say, is where did God come from? What is God? How How, how would that be approached?
0: Yes. The main thing is and the main problem with monotheism is they reduce God to being spiritual and God created the the spiritual, God is not spiritual, God is beyond spirit or form and before there was creation there was this illumination which is known as the great name of God and God engraved into that a desire. And in that, it was the design of everything that would eventually come out of the black hole and the stars into the earth. So, uh, yet, when Abraham came to this world 4,000 years ago and proclaimed that God is one, it didn't mean that God was the highest spiritual being, God forbid, but rather that in creation is duality. And God is, uh, one, meaning God can be everywhere all the time to everybody. That's the main thing. You want to talk to God? God's right there. Nowhere you, know you got to go, man. You go up into heaven. God's there too. You know, life into space. God, wherever you go, whatever is created, God is there creating it. And that's the main message is just to recognize that's what God wants. God wants to be known and low. That's the reason for creation. So when a person recognizes the Creator is here, and you can talk to the Creator, give your prayers to the Creator, and let the Creator answer you through heaven. That's how it works. So, Very simple.
1: So, so, God is God. Does God care what we do? Like does He judge people and send people to hell, or is God sort of like almost like a a, a neutral, creative force? that is completely unconditional
0: yes god is certainly that that is god's unconditional no matter what we do god will keep creating us if we do the most heinous thing in the world god will create that because we have the right with our freedom of choice to do what we want see but god is very interested in the whole story everyone's a story that god is reading and the whole thing is a story and how it's going to come together and how all the prophecies are going to happen and god is absolutely invested in this this is where god's will is this is the lowest place in creation there's nothing lower than this when we die we all go to heaven and the worst part of going to heaven is embarrassment you know if we've lived our lives just running after money And they ask us, what did we do? We're going to be embarrassed. You know, we all do good things throughout our lives to help people, you know. So, you know, but you go and that's that's what heaven is, Uh, you know. Because we've done so, you know, because we're imperfect in an imperfect world. We do a lot of things wrong. But it's how we respond to that. If we keep doing it wrong, if we recognize there's something wrong, I want to do it right so god judges us not like heaven judges us heaven is the real judge god judges us by our intention god knows the intention in the heart of every person so and that's what really we have to worry about you know what
1: what is the correct intention
0: i think you know I, you know to do good I think, uh, you know, we all we all know what good is. I mean, love is good. Many things, you know, but it's basically, you know, not to do good and to do, uh, not to do bad and to do good. The In Hebrew, it says, turn away from the bad and do the good. And generally, good is about kindness, about giving, about helping. These are good things. When we go to heaven. They say, what would you do? I helped. I did this. I did that. You know, and in your heart, was the intention to do good. Like sometimes we go to do something good. It doesn't turn out good, but our intention was to do good. Yeah. And God looks upon that, you know, really well. Heaven doesn't see that. Heaven only sees what we do and they'll want to judge us for that. But God has compassion and God will stop heaven. Say, no, you can't judge this guy because, you know, I like what he did. I like what's in his heart. So Mm -hmm. that's why, you know, the heart is where we really connect with God. So, a person has to if they know in
1: their heart they have good intentions, they're good with God. Um, as a tarot reader, when when you're reading people's cards, I think sometimes that can also kind of be conflicting too, because you know if, if the future can be read in somebody's cards, um, does that mean that their future is already written and faded, and they don't have free will? Already do have free will.
0: That's a very, uh, very good, very astute question. See, but it's based on, on like an assumption, and the assumption is that the tarot cards are for telling the future, and this is not how the tarot cards uh, were, were originally used. Originally, where the the the, the 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 derivation of the tarot is, uh, was about twenty four hundred years ago when the Greeks came into Israel trying to push Hellenism. And the Jews resisted. And as a result, they made edicts that the Jewish people couldn't study anymore. You're not going to do Hellenism, you can't study the Torah. So, uh, you know, the kind of story is, the next day they came out and everyone was gambling. What are you doing? We can't study. We'll gamble. (laughs) <laughs> These are this is the duration of the tarot card. So they continued learning, but they did it through the, the basis of the tree of life. Because in all Torah is the tree of life. So you could uh, 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 appear to be gambling. I raise you, I pull whatever. And it could really be a way of speaking to your brothers and sisters there who are studying. Just like you know, when they went to Africa to take the Africans, they, oh, we're just drumming. They weren't just drumming; they were talking to one another. So the tarot is based on the tree of life, and no one predicts the future. And sorry, i allowed to predict the future. They actually took me into court in Woodstock, and I, I you know, and I won because I don't predict the future. What I do is I relay a message from the soul. Mm-hmm. And the message from the soul is always something that's productive for the person. I mean, and the soul is never going to tell the person how you, get finished, you know, finished. <laughs> the soul is invested in the person. If the person does good, the soul can, like, you know, revel you know, in that, you know. Yeah. Happy. Sometimes you feel like the soul is happy. You're doing a good job in life, and the soul is happy. And that's the truth. And sometimes you can get a message from the soul, and, that, and then that soul would never predict anything. But it would give you some clarity in your life, you know, spiritually. And you look at your life from a higher place. You can see the story of your life. And some people feel this their life you're born, you live, you die. That's not a story. <laughs> a person has a path that they're following in life, you know. And it's, a, it's unique to them and it's important to God. So I take it very seriously. And I try to give people the best rendering of their message that I'm able to.
1: Okay. Um... How, with the, the Kabbalah and Tarot, one of the reasons that, things I always wondered about, like Jewish mysticism, is why it was sort of like this secret hidden tradition rather than something that was just available for everybody because it has so much benefit there for everybody.
0: Right. So this is an ancient thing that they, but it starts really from God, that God hid certain light because the human being would do bad things. You know, they would take it and do something bad. And uh, so, God hid it. In our time, these are the thousand years of Yusod, which means secret. So all the secrets are coming out, and the uh, epicenter, the, the apex of each thousand years, is the year 666. And a a week before uh, Rosh Hashanah, the new year 666 uh, was uh, 1906. That's when uh, Einstein revealed E equals MT squared. And it released a secret, and we see that good has been done from it, but lots of bad has been done from it, And, and now the whole world is threatened from these who knows how many thousands of nuclear bombs are you know, spread out throughout the earth? So that's why generally these secrets are, are kept secret. However, Zohar says, talking about this particular thing, that it says they should have to be kept secret, except when the world is falling apart. Then you reveal everything. So that's what I'm doing. I'm revealing everything.
1: So, that's now?
0: Yes. So, certainly, appears the world is falling apart. You know, the West is burning up, you know, the South is grounding. I mean, it's just terrible. It's all over the world. And, you know, capitalism cannot uh, thrive in this. And what's going to happen, because, you know, we're all connected, we all talk to one another, that life is going to become one of cooperation. You know, who needs the money, man? We're gonna cooperate because we all need each other. That We're in a world now where we all need each other, and, we, and, and the thing is not to have more. The thing is to cooperate so we can have less. But pro- progress has become a cancer. It's killing this earth, and we need to start having less. People need to be taxed for making something new.
1: You a little bit like me because I'm kind of like an old-school anarchist I kind of believe in doing away with government, money, and land ownership, and sort of yeah. almost going, almost like the rewilding of society in some ways, because it'll bring us back to, we need to be grounded <laughs> in a way.
0: Yeah, but the problem is, I mean, we need to take care of everyone. We can't make a drastic change like that because people are going to die. You know people are not ready for that they've been made very weak Mm -hmm. so we it has to be a process that's why we're given like 200 years i mean to to figure this shit out and do the right thing and save everybody and save the earth i mean you know there's no question about we have no reason to be in outer space this is the dumbest thing the most wasted resources polluting the earth you know it says one of the curses that's written in the torah about the future if we don't do right in this world that the heavens will rain lead upon the earth. You know and that's what's happening now because this stuff doesn't disintegrate. You know, it gets particular lies and falls down into the rain, you know, and we're eating it. And none of it is good for the world and we we need to just end it. You know, they just do it because they can make an industry of it. They can monopolize it. They can start sending the rich up into outer space, and they don't care about the rest of us. They don't care about the world. They're addicted to money. And we we need to, you know, pull the brakes on this shit.
1: How do we do that?
0: All of us together, just saying, I'm not going to live like, I'm not going to live in this excess anymore. I'm going to live with what I need. I'm going to help my brother and sister. I'm going to reclaim things that we have instead of throwing them out. I mean, it's you know, it's not. You know, the government only does things when they get money from it. And so it, it, it's just, you know, whatever. If if people getting sick makes some money, which it does, people being addicted, so they don't mind it, you know. But but when the people were getting the addiction from heroin, they got on the street. Well, that they couldn't stand because they weren't getting their cuts. So they don't really care about the people. They really care about the money. And if we know that the human being together, we have great uh, uh, force. I mean, we could just have days where we just don't buy anything until the government does what we want. We can, we can, you know, we can force the stock market down to nothing. We have that power of the people. We just have to have a common goal, which is not another, you know, Roman government or any other kind of government. But it's really based on helping one another, respecting one another. In the human life, every life is equally uh, treasured by God. It's not up to us to choose. Well, our responsibility is to help one another, you know, not to divide. You know, one thing I, I really uh, dislike about you know, our politics is always about the middle class. And it used to be America was strong because it had a strong middle class, but we didn't have this kind of poverty. And they're they're, they're separating the poor from the middle class because the middle class serves the rich. And they don't care about the poor, and the poor are getting more and more and enough. We cannot do this. Our brothers and sisters living out in the street in the garbage, I mean, come on, man. You know, if our government can't house our people, it's not our government. I feel that the constant we're all a rave here, but I feel the constitution is a marriage contract between the government and the people and it's time for a divorce. They can have the money, we get the housing. We need to house everybody, we need to care for everybody. They can have the money. It's been an abusive husband.
1: The money itself really has no intrinsic value anyway. No. So it doesn't no. make That's sense in some common. ways.
0: Yeah, yeah. If, they, if you pull the plug on this, the whole thing just falls.
1: I had another guest on, and he had a really good idea, um, and he was actually the great great grandson of Jesse James, and his idea was, just the way we used to have um, money used to be backed by gold, have yeah. money backed by the environment, that the money is only as valuable. As the environment is, which Absolutely. would which would make people want to preserve the environment because if they don't, then the va- the money has no more value.
0: Absolutely. So if you hurt the environment, you have to pay a big tax.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that will stop people from tearing up the earth. I mean, I remember when like people, the hippies, stuff were selling like quartz and stuff like that. And when people saw that, oh, you make money from that, they blew up the mountains so they could take all the quartz. I mean, people just do anything for money. It's just ridiculous. we have to stop it by just pulling the plug on it. We're not going to buy your shit. We're not going to do it. We're going to take what we need. We're going to take what's essential. We're going to help the people who are essential workers. And the rest of it, you know, we don't really care about. What do we need it for?
1: How do you feel about communal living?
0: I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think everyone deserves a place to live. If you want to live, live communally, I mean, even in communal living, I think everyone deserves their private area. You know, it's important to be human beings. You know, we build, even if you want to build like low, low, uh, you know, income housing and stuff, uh, you know, that's very communal. But nonetheless, everyone deserves their own, Privacy. Privacy is very important to the Yeah. You know, there's certain things that we have to, you know, say what is the lowest you know, you know, the lowest level, you know, and uh, provide at least that. I mean I think that we should have hotels where poor people can go to sleep. And you sleep, you get your sleep, you take a shower, you put on some nice clothes, you can go out in the world. Yeah. You know, you don't have to own the place. You don't have to just but at least you give a person a place to get. Yeah, there's so many places. They think the be one now that's against the law to sleep in public. Where are you supposed to go? They have no toilets, you can't sleep in public, you can't be a human being.
1: Yeah, yeah, in some places it is like that. Like I know like like I think there's a in, in LA, there was, I noticed there was like one place, like, was sort of like underneath the highway where a lot of people were living, it's like a giant tent city, you know, or trying to push them even out of there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's terrible. You know, all Brooks is life sinks. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that, you know, there's
1: people who just want
0: to, that's what they're doing, they're buying all the houses up, you know, have know, people live to to build houses now so the houses are going to go way up and only the rich will have houses that's how capitalism works yeah so that's why if we divorce them we take the housing and we house our people Mm -hmm. and they can have the money it just it has to happen we can't stand they they're going to take over that's what Trump tried to do he tried to take over the country with a hard hand it doesn't matter the money is buying up the country They do it with a soft hand. It ends up in the same gutter.
1: True. Absolutely true. Um, So how can the knowledge gained from the Zohar, the Tarot, Kabbalah move us out of this type of situation and into what we need to do?
0: (laughs) Yes. I think... You have to strike at the very essence, which is the Big Bang Theory. The Big Bang Theory and religion are two of the big lies of Rome. And uh, that's, what we're, that's what I'm striking at. That's where I think I, I can do the most good with this knowledge. Because if you can stop people from thinking in that way and understand there is a creator, not physical, not spiritual, available to everyone, loving everyone, you know equally god loves us there's no question about it and we want to do good in front of the creator life is very simple you know and life was made to be pleasurable life is pleasure we're mm-hmm. on this planet full of pleasure not just for rich people for everybody you know we're all here together and and we want to be like treat god like a like a parent we want to all get along and, 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 and be happy, so the parent will be happy with us. I mean, life is really pretty simple when, when, when you get loam out of the way. All these Roman and things are really deleterious to the human spirit. And I think just like seeing it, it's like a virus. Once you see it, you know, then it's dead. Right then you can kill it because it keeps changing and that's what they keep doing it's like changing Well, this guy will be better this you know or you know you know changing the dogma or changing the science is always changing and that's like a virus it keeps changing and changing you can never kill it maybe hmm. so you got to uh, get it at it's very core they have to destroy its very core. And the very core of this stuff is the Big Bang Theory and religion, you know, the monotheism that God is some sort of spiritual entity making people stupid.
1: Yeah, it does do that. Like, my view of God is sort of like an all-pervading consciousness. Would that kind of fit into your model? Like, I just look at his as consciousness yeah. or awareness... I don't as a human I don't but have the ability not, to understand you, it, but I know it's there.
0: You're conscious, it's your consciousness. You're conscious yeah. that God is conscious of creation. hmm that, that that yeah, and, and that's true. And and and, and 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 but God is not consciousness. There is nothing in creation that can describe God. In in all the Jewish sect, the only way we describe God is in the negative. That God is not this, God is not physical, whatever you can come up with, God's not that. So we need to stop trying to define what we can't define. We don't have words for it. But we can admit that I'm conscious that God is here. It's not that God, God's certainly conscious of us. But it's us being conscious of the Creator. So if we all know that we're all conscious of the Creator, no religion, no bullshit, just the Creator, we're going to be nicer to one another.
1: Absolutely. Um, in Kibbutz, there is like the also the unspeakable name of God, which I mean, I guess my my obviously my Hebrew pronunciation is terrible. I think it was like Yod heh Vav or sometimes pronounced that's Jehovah.
0: Your, yeah. Right. Well, that's if you actually read it, but that that's not the the pronunciation of it. Yeah. And and it says that it was only pronounced in the temple. On the day of Yom Kippur and when it was pronounced that everyone who was standing very close together they all bowed down suddenly it just made the space bigger they all bowed down and when they left everyone forgot the name they forgot the pronunciation so and 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 our Muslim brothers our Arab brothers they have a very similar thing about you know um, uh, the name of the creator they say Allah which means high, that they don't have a pronunciation. So neither, you nor know, the Semitic people, we have prophetic books, neither of us have a pronunciation. For this. So all in all, it's a name in creation, see? Yes. And creation itself is like a little dot to God. So it's not like, you know, it's not like this is who God, it's a name and we have to respect the name and we have to understand how these names convey life down to the earth these names are very important, so we use them in prayer, we use them at at, at certain times, you know. And what what one doesn't know the pronunciation shouldn't pronounce it. And one who does not know to use the name respectfully shouldn't, you know, shouldn't use the name. I mean, these are, you these are big deals. Mm. You know? One of the seven commandments given to everyone is not to use God's name in vain.
1: Right. Well, luckily, I can't even pronounce it. So, <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> I think even to say like God, like God damn, I think is a horrible expression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really not, because that's assuming that God would be some vicious God that's going to make a hell and send people there if they masturbate. I mean. And this is just absurd. Yeah. So you know, I I really dislike that expression, and they allow it everywhere, everywhere, radio, TV. It's just you know, you know, it, it's just terrible. Anyways.
1: <laughs> but the name of God also has some other aspects in the Jewish mysticism tradition, where um, each letter is representative of an element, is also representative. Of a part of the human body, and um, and there's probably a lot more that I don't even know about it.
0: Well, again, it goes back to the basis of the tree of life, which is based in ten. See, and the yud hey vav hey, which you described, which you pronounced, that when uh, you set the letters vertically, it looks like a human skeleton.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And when we're laid in the grave, and all the flesh dissolved, we're left with the yud heh see? So everyone is a, is a walking yud heh vav and it has numbers, the number 26, that's, the, that's when you count up uh, the value of each letter, you come up to 26, so 26 people often have a real change in life at twenty six, hmm. you know, because they reach a certain plateau in life, place in
2: life, or
0: suddenly a, a new kind of energy, interest in people. It's not just like going on having fun and shit. And life starts becoming serious, you know, more spiritual. You know? Yeah. So I mean, yeah, there's just these different kind of road, you know, signs along the road of life. Certain places where we reach in life, and uh, and the more we know about the tree of life, which again is the prototype. For the human being, for the Earth, seven uh, uh, continents, three oceans. The human being is made of three triangles, the triangle of the head, the arms and the body, the legs and the sex and speech. That's the tree of life. And you have it from the sun to Pluto. You know, and each planet corresponds to one of these attributes. In the tree of life, that everything is made
1: the Tree of Life is really a fascinating symbol and, or diagram. I don't even know what to really describe it as um, because it makes so much sense. Like My first int- introduction to it was like when I was a kid, I started out reading Tarot Cards. I was like 12, 11, 12 years old, and I read a book by Barbara Eden. And At the end of the book, there was like this one short three-page chapter on it. and and ever since then i've been fascinated by it because it makes so much sense
0: yes yes torah is supposed to make sense it's very based in logic everything makes sense and the beauty of it is there's so many things there that appear to be contradictory see and that forces the person to ask the question yes and that's what teaching does it forces you to question and if the answer can answer the question it pulls you in Right. And I'd like to just mention something, if I may, because I'm I'm looking uh, behind you at the the flying saucer.
1: Uh huh.
0: So, this is actually mentioned in the Torah. And it talks about these, uh, they're, they're angels whose job it is to fly around the earth and go into the water and to be the eyes of God. So, God can see the world in an earthly way. These are not, these are like sort of spiritual contraptions, when they come into our atmosphere, they take on some sort of form. mm
2: -hmm. This
0: is all written down like in the the Torah in the Zohar. So, uh, you know, there is, there are no aliens, aliens only come out of the Big Bang series. These are not aliens, these are the eyes of God. And I, I, I saw them once. I've met other people. I didn't see them close up. I met someone who actually saw it close up. She said, it looked just like an eye. Just looking at me.
1: Is this what's referred to as the Watchers?
0: Where? I don't, don't know that particular term. I don't know where that, that, that comes from. I don't remember that particularly in Torah. Yeah. I just know this because it says that they fly around. And these are the eyes of God. Hmm. it's written in Yomi, the last book of the Torah there's 24 books that's the last one hmm. and, uh, and there it's written that's what these things are You know, just, these are the eyes of God If there can't be aliens aliens arrive out of accident like they, like they predict we did that's their whole thing if we came out of accident then it has to be other places see again the assumption is that we came out accidentally but that's not what happened and it explains very clearly how life came down on earth and where the earth actually came from you know it says the earth was a pebble beneath the the, the throne of god and god took this pebble and put it here so the moon would precisely uh equip the sun as a sign that you know this didn't just happen this was perfectly designed so so
1: you according to that we're the only life in the universe or, or do you but think you that mean, model could have been like reproduced in other places like maybe it's just the model that god designed. It
0: could be but from everything that we're taught that uh that all the stars everything the heaven there's certainly life out there but It's all spiritual life we are the only physical life because god wants to be known in the world so, I don't think there's another place like this anywhere in the universe. But, you know, maybe there's other galaxies, other things, other wishes God has. Mm-hmm. Who knows, you know? And it's not for us really to know. We can't even get out of our own uh, solar system,
1: yeah.
2: you know?
0: So, you know, this is our place. This is what God gave This There's no reason for us to, you know, all this whole ridiculous stuff and go explore the stars. I mean, you know. I mean, this is just comes out of the big bank. All these stupid ideas that can never be, and no one's done it. And but there are spiritual visitors that come here, and we knew that they were. It's written in the Torah. Like before the flood, there were so many who came here. These that they weren't aliens; they were entities. And when they hit the atmosphere, they took on physical form. <laughs> and they came because the women were beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's why they came
1: it's very it's very similar to to um the vedic belief too that spirit took on form
0: yes because the vedic also comes from abraham they went at the end of his life he had six children sent them to the east with a language without a written form this was sanskrit and they set themselves up to be Brahmin. and that's where all the vedic information comes from abram you know he's he, in these three languages Hebrew, Arabic, and Sanskrit. That's how the world was blessed by Allah. He came from the Tower of Babel. He knew the essence of language, and he was able to do this. There were no uh, uh, phonetic language in the world at that time.
1: Interesting. Um, it always blows my mind, like how the ancient knowledge has has held to be. St- stood out to be true all the way through time. So yes. it does make it very difficult to dismiss it.
0: Yes. And the reason is there was more light back then. They saw much more. Things were much more self-evident. We're in darkness. We're the end of the cycle. We're, we're, we're in complete darkness. And this is when that the human being needs to know God. And you know the difference between the Big Bang and God-created creation. And it can only really happen in the darkness. The greatest light comes out of the darkness. And that's what's going to come out of this. It. It's going to be this amazing burst of energy that's going to come from women.
1: Do you think that there's any value or anything to gain from the practice of meditation?
0: Oh, Absolutely absolutely I mean it's you know for many people they use it to calm mm-hmm. the mind and I don't think um, I mean you're never going to get to God but you can get it into heaven
1: <laughs> yeah
0: you know you get to God through doing action in the world mm-hmm. meditation is not going to bring about peace it might be peace inside the person which is fine but that's not what the action needs to be taken on This, earth. right No question about it.
1: But if a person finds peace within themselves, then they're able to bring peace to other people. If a person Absolutely. doesn't have that within themselves, then it makes it much more difficult to them to share that with the outside world.
0: Absolutely. No question about it.
1: And I, th- and I think that's one of the things that's often over- overlooked. I also think that one of the good tools that, that one of the great tools that with with Kabbalah and tarot though, is, it depicts a lot of what we think uh, that we may think a lot of the things that we think about that we're not aware of.
0: Things we think about that we're not aware of.
1: Yeah, at least for me, like like I wasn't really aware of even like a lot of my thoughts and the symbolism in you know, them until I started. Looking at things like Kabbalah and Tabara. I see.
0: I see. Yes, yes. Why you thought in these particular symbols? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because these things are just, you know, it sort of is a kind of a funny thing that just that, uh, like four twenty. You know what four twenty is? Weed. Yeah, it's a code. It's a code for like you know, smoke weed <coughs> 420, right? Mm-hmm. So in Hebrew, Ashan which is smoke, which is an acrostic for olam shana nefesh, for world, time and soul, has a gematria of 420. That's why 420 sticks, because there's a truth in the number 420 that has to do directly with marijuana, and which itself the cannabis is the Hebrew word, cannabustion, a good smelling plant, see. It was used in the production of the uh, the the the, the, uh, uh, the incense that they that they um, uh, uh, burnt in the temple. Hmm.
1: I didn't because, know that. Uh,
0: yeah, absolutely. It's written right in the Torah. Kind of blessing, wow. you know. The, and there's no plant that's illegal, you know, in, in the world in Torah. And if they had let uh, Afghanistan be the producer of, uh, of, of, of of opium that's what people would do for their pain mm-hmm. but, but see the, uh, America didn't want that because, or the West didn't want that because they, they had pharmaceuticals yeah. so so they want to make a low heroin step but the pharmaceuticals are good and now we got everyone addicted on Oxycontin and they made a ton of money it's just terrible it's terrible what they have done no one should buy into this crap anymore it's just wrong i mean we're just you know like we're lighting the fire they're going to burn us in Mm -hmm.
1: do you advocate the use of certain plants and psychedelics for spiritual experience
0: i i've never i've always thought that's a really personal choice i mean Mm -hmm. i mean I, i i'm a big I mean, I I, frankly, I mean, I I I I go nuts if I don't have marijuana. I mean, it's really something. It's it's something. It's my medicine. I've had a lot of trauma in my life, and I I, have a lot of things I got to deal with, and I'm not able, frankly, to deal with it. That's you know, I think we were meant in this world to have these plants to help us i don't mind the pain so much it's the it, it, it's the other is it's the depression that, that that gets me you know and i can go through the pain but it's the depression mm-hmm. and like like marijuana really helps me and that's a plant that god gave us in this world to help us god didn't give us oxytocin
1: <laughs> no he did not it is definitely a more natural and I think less evasive way to, to deal with certain types of illnesses and depression and physical pain.
0: Absolutely. And God gave this to us. Why, why, well, who, what country has the like right to go and declare it illegal? I mean, it's just wrong. I mean, if it's not illegal in God's eyes, why is it illegal in man's eyes? I mean, just, it's just a money thing. You know, and they did the same thing with marijuana. In prohibition, they put it into uh, marijuana into prohibition, and when they take alcohol out, they left marijuana in. Why? Because uh, uh, Dow Chemical wanted to make plastic clothes, and they couldn't uh, compete against hemp, so they made it illegal, and all these people went to jail and all this because these guys wanted to make money, because they buy the government. They take all this money and they buy the government. So, you know, but the people were gaining strength, We're seeing with clarity. You know, for all my life, they were always looking at us. Now we're looking at them, and they don't know where to hide. So I think that, you know, the, the, the hardest times are over, but now we have to reclaim the earth and reclaim the lives of all the people. We know everyone in the earth are good people we see everybody it doesn't matter what your skin color is or where i mean everyone is we're, we're vast majority good people human mm-hmm. beings are good you know all this bullshit born in evil Yeah, and all this is just crazy stuff human beings are good and if we gather together and cooperate with one another you know why are we competing with china we should be cooperating with china we should be making things that help china because they have a, one and a half billion people, and they know how to work together. They should be making everything. We should be helping them to keep the, you know, you know the uh, pollution down.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: as, you know, then the world would work. There are people out there who actually need things and that, that need to be built. You know, not capitalistic things, just, you know, things that people generally need and uh, that that's the place to make it all them in india i mean they have like like half the population of the earth
1: yeah
2: i
0: mean that's where things and they won't work i mean why are we going to why are we going to uh compete against them then again they want to make a war whether it's a real war a financial war because that's where rome is strong and that's the rome the roman paradigm is to fight and we i think we all have enough of the fighting
1: do you believe in an idea of, like, one world order?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, the, the human being. I mean, I just, you know, that's the actual, the final kind of prophecy is that we'll all live within our own, beneath our own tree, and uh, there won't be any teachers, because each of us will have enough illumination that we can live our individual lives in the world while respecting everybody else's individual life.
1: Yeah. That would be the perfect world, that's for sure.
0: That's what the prophecy says, and it's very, very, very close to that. We're close to a time when the human being will grow from the earth and have impervious bodies and will live for a thousand years. All these things have been prophesied. This is not a matter of evolution. Evolution is as wrong as the Big Bang or you know, <laughs>
1: well, that's my biggest beef used to the, uh, evolution, there's no way it's right.
0: yeah, it's just stupid but without an alternative, people accept it they teach it to our children so I'm bringing about an alternative yeah. I'm presenting an alternative that makes a lot of sense that's based in ancient knowledge and that basically covers all the bases
1: what happens to the people that Want to continue to hold on? These these politicians are just holding on for dear life. How do we get them to sort of step aside and let things take their natural course?
0: Yeah, some of them will, some of them won't. Eventually, there'll be enough illumination where people just, you know, realize how stupid it all was, and they'll stop doing it. You know, we need to let it the process. We need to let it happen. in its natural way. Mm -hmm. We don't want to force it. We don't want to make calamities or people get hurt. We want to just together understand what life is and what our responsibility is to be here in life. And we'll find that it probably is very close to what the Native people of this country thought and what they taught our founding fathers, how to make a constitution. They didn't know how. So they took this, but they, 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 they didn't, remain true to it i think we need to go back to these ancient people and ancient ways and and try to correct what we've done wrong try to you know save the earth and save the human being and and help one another and love one another and, and and make laws that are productive for the human being like we need to make laws to protect women and children we need to make laws to protect the environment you know, we need to have laws against stealing and murder, and we need to have courts of law. These are the things a human being has to do, and then we can all live free. Uh, right? We don't have to be afraid of Russia or China. I mean, we're all human beings, man. It's religion that does this, because it's all Rome, it's all about Rome. You know, Putin's big in religion, the government's big in religion, you know, and religion got this big because they don't pay taxes <laughs> they should pay taxes it's true, if they had to pay their taxes we get rid of religion real fast <laughs> and the president could do that, just a sign of a proclamation they'd have to pay taxes, there's yeah. no reason they have that, and they, that's how they got so strong, that's how he took over the government that's the religious right
1: yeah, yeah I, I didn't really realize how intertwined religion and government are until I moved down here to the south.
0: Where, where are you actually?
1: I'm in Alabama, but I'm originally from New Jersey.
0: Wow. Cool. Cool. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that that's, how, that's really good for our country. You know?
1: Yeah. And that's what
0: we want. We, we, we want to be able to live together. That's the beauty of America.
1: It is. Wow. It's interesting um, what you're saying. I hope that we can reach that point where we can just all sort of get along and put our humanity first above the almighty dollar.
0: Yeah. yeah. Do you know that uh, when Roosevelt first began in politics, talking about socialism, socialistic ideas, like Medicaid and and Social Security, Mm -hmm. that the capitalists got together and went on a campaign to sell capitalism. And they couldn't do it. They couldn't come up with a good enough argument. And so they partnered with religion. Billy Graham was their first uh, advocate. And he became fantastically wealthy. That's what started the whole religious right. And they started preaching that capitalism is what God wants. That makes sense. Dogma.
1: That makes just sense. Do what,
0: what you're told, just like the business, just do what you're told, doesn't matter, if it's a gonna kill someone, just make it and shut up. You know, That's where they're all at. You know, science is dogmatic. Everyone's dogmatic. And God's not dogmatic. God wants freedom. So we can break through this, we just need the right information, and that's what I'm delivering in particularly these two books, I think, they're just really uh, uh, Just for me, it's the high point of my, you know, of of everything I've been. Yeah,
1: and if we get rid of religion too, then there's no believing in the wrong god.
0: Yeah, and there's no defining the god. Yeah, right. It's all the creators. Just again, there might be. You have righteous people, prophets. That's all fine, but but you know. You don't have people arguing over who is God. I mean, this is ridiculous.
1: It is stupid, absolutely. You mentioned Rome quite a few times. Do you think that the Bible was written specifically to control people, rather as a rather than as a spiritual text? It's more of a political text, maybe even influenced by the by Paul.
0: Well, is by Paul and by the Sadducees, which were who were Jewish, and Paul probably one of them. And see, here's the thing: there is no history of Jesus. None. There's not one historical <coughs> kind of artifact of Jesus that Jesus ever lived. True. We only know that Jesus lived from really the Quran this prophet He talks a lot about Jesus, but not about a cross. So this whole story, they took this ignomatic figure. And they, they made up this story which would keep the Jewish people down. And it has, who suffered from being fallen from deicide, and, you know, I mean I've suffered this in my own life, you know, from people who went particularly to, to Catholic schools and were taught that the Jews killed God. And, and and we've been chased around the world by this really criminal story, just slander. There's no Proof that Jesus lived. I get to have a, a, a story like this. I mean, it's just pure slander. I'm sorry for people who believe in it, the president and the rest of them. I'm sorry. It's just a slanderous book. There's nothing in that book that is true. They changed the Torah, they called it by a different name. Mm-hmm. The Torah means teaching, it doesn't mean testament. Testament inferred dogma. They changed everything. So I have, I'm sorry, I, you know, I have no respect for it. I think we should make a big bonfire and throw all the Bibles and guns and crosses in it. And then mm. the world would be a much better place. <laughs>
1: just like they did everybody else, huh?
0: That's right. They threw all of in the oven to throw off. Not them, just their shit, man. Just gun. This is ridiculous. all these guns. The only reason we have guns is because we, it's all about money. We, we have the biggest military who all these guns. So you ask, they have this overflow and they sell it to people. Mm. And then suddenly it becomes a thing. Everyone has to have a gun. I mean, there's, there's enough guns in America. Everyone can have more of them. Yeah. And it's terrible. It's terrible. And they just do it for money. Mm. It's just a way of them to be able to reclaim more money from the overflow of guns they have for the military and for all the, we just keep war going everywhere in the world yeah it's terrible this war machine we have to stop it i mean we mm. are every citizen of america has their thumbprint on every bullet. we're doing this we're paying the taxes we're doing this you know mm-hmm. we're, we're voting these people into office who that's what they want they want more war they want more money for the military they want war in outer space
1: yeah I don't know. I, I used to feel like there was no need for guns, but then I moved down here where it's rural and there's not really much law enforcement. So, like in certain areas, I, I can see the necessity to have one because if I call the police, it's going to be a couple hours till they arrive, if ever. Um, right. But in inner city places where people don't have where people have enough law enforcement. Yeah. Then it's not as necessary, and it also is, those are, those places too where it becomes more problematic too.
0: Yeah, but you have to understand that the government is behind making sure these places have lots of guns. because they want it. They want this violence. They've been doing this since the '60s. Man, I remember in the '60s there were all these stories about how they would just leave like a Mercedes full of guns in like some bad neighborhood. You know. And it's, <laughs> And you know, yeah, the guns were gone, the Mercedes were gone, and suddenly violence goes up. Uh, you cannot trust, you know. Uh, to me, I mean, we, you know, bit by bit, we have to eradicate Rome from our all these Roman ways from our uh, life. You know, life will be better. Rome sucks. I mean, they, you know, man-made solutions don't work. They don't. They're not able to encompass everything. And they always have, you know, it's just like building the dams, and now you have power, and now we're going to get flooded. You know? I mean, everything you do is going to have a ram- ramification. And these isms are, we've had enough of them. None of them work.
1: Yeah, no, they haven't. But, but the, I do believe, sort of, in, in going back to the more ancient and traditional ways of living, whether it is through, um, Jewish mysticism and Kapala or, or or Native American traditions, or even um, Vedic or Sumerian type of things, um, but but certainly not the system that we have now.
0: Yeah, it's Rome tried to cover over everything and make everything stupid so that they could rule. Once we and we started to uncover these secrets and people see what they did and they'll just be gone Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't have to be any wars the truth will do this the truth is the light in the darkness that everyone will see and everything will change and that's why i've written these books is to just reveal everything and zohar means brilliance so a little bit of it can waken up everybody i'm very serious about this
1: I, i i certainly hope so um before we wrap this up, where can my listeners find you?
0: I have a website, which is Dovid House, D-O-V-I-D, uh, House. And that's uh, uh, my publishing company that I'm, I'm publishing all my books from. And um, uh, the, the first, I've I published through Amazon, but now I'm publishing through uh, uh, Ingram Sparks, which allows me to get it in 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 stores and bookstores and uh, things like that. So I'm you know I'm really hoping to get my book out there, and I, I really want people to read my book and review my book, and then talk about my book. And I'm just happy to come on anyone's show and talk about it. You know, this is my focus in life now. This is what I'm doing. Absolutely. I'm doing as much as I can.
1: Well, I will put the link um, to your website in a notice of this episode so my listeners can find your books and i will say your books are absolutely fantastic well thank you you, the, the, you, you are you are a genius and you do make connections that um, i know that that i have not seen any other previous authors make
0: yeah yeah i think my stuff's really new
1: yeah it's, it's very very enlightening and practical um, and, and you're definitely you, you are welcome back on this podcast anytime you want.
0: Well, thank you. Maybe after the book is published, we'll make another uh, hit, you know, thing yeah. at it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You are welcome anytime.
0: Thank you so much, Gary. I, I really appreciate. It. I really appreciate your. I mean, you're really smart, and you really get to the right questions. You know.
2: And, and <laughs> thank I'm you.
0: Really, uh, you know, not everyone is like that. You know, a lot of people are just to me you know if mm-hmm. you ask very pointed questions it means you understand the material that's what we're supposed to do is ask questions you know that shows that you have a certain understanding and maybe there's a certain gap and that's what the you teacher's supposed to do is fill the gap
1: yeah so yeah it's the,
0: a pleasure being with you
1: yeah that's the whole purpose of my podcast is that hopefully to get people not to give them the answers but hopefully to get them to ask the right questions because i think that's more yeah.
0: powerful absolutely
1: and Absolutely. then they can find it for themselves, the answers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Rather than taking the word of somebody who claims yeah. to have answers, which is right. always bullshit.
0: <laughs> always. It's better just to take the information and think about it. Yes. That's what we're supposed to do.
1: Absolutely. I'll well, thank you again and hang on for one more moment while I play the outro. No,
2: no problem.
3: At everythingimaginable at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy T-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the cost of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of this page: www.everythingimaginable2020.com. By the book Enlightenment Guarantee. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need. You can find it on Amazon and it will change your life. Because remember, everything that it says whispers to magic. If you loved what you listened to today, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. To everything imaginable with Gary Cotulio.